the words, you are pregnant, are the most powerful words a woman will hear in her entire life. podcast. This week we have Heidi Matsky with us and she is the director of Alternatives Pregnancy Center. And Heidi, we are so grateful to have you on today. It's an honor to be with you all. Yes. And Heidi is just First of all, such an inspiring woman. I've gotten to know her since I've been up in Sacramento, and we've been able to work together on different things here at the state capitol. But Heidi just has such a powerful story that I had the blessing and honor of being able to hear from her a little bit ago. And I wanted you all to hear firsthand about her kind of testimony and becoming a director of a pregnancy center. Heidi, will you dive right into that? Yeah, I'd love to. It is one of my favorite things in life to do to testify to God's goodness in my life and just his protection over my life as well. So from the beginning, I remember accepting Jesus Christ into my heart and my life when I was like six years old. I'm one of those that as a 47-year-old woman now, like I used to say, I don't have a testimony. And what I realized is God has blessed me with a testimony of his grace and mercy and protection over my life. And as a result of his goodness, my whole life goal is to know him deeply and to make him known and to use my gifts and talents and abilities to help protect the next generation and to share his love with everyone I come into contact with. And so God has given me the privilege of doing that every day here as the director of Alternatives Pregnancy Center. And my journey really in the pro-life arena kind of began about 28 years ago. Like I mentioned, was raised in a Christian home. My little sister and I were very involved in high school, started our pro-life club at our high school, public high school, started our Bible club at our public Mm -hmm. high school, and was unashamed of the gospel back then. And I went away to Grand Canyon University my freshman year of college. My little sister stayed home and went down a really rough road that year. She got involved in a relationship that she knew was not God's best for her, got involved in drugs and alcohol and the whole nine yards. And at the end of that year, ended up with a full ride scholarship to Point Loma in San Diego for softball. And she's super excited about starting afresh and really blessed by the gift of this scholarship. And so she decided she was going to break it off with this boy in May after they graduated. And her and I traveled to San Diego, met her roommate that summer. And the day we were packed and ready to go to college, she woke up that morning throwing up. And my mom said, before we get in the car and drive for 18 hours and I drop you off at college, Why don't you just go to the doctor and make sure everything was okay? And really having no idea what to expect. She went to the doctor, came home. I was the only one home at the time. And she walked in the door and collapsed on the ground and looked up at me, tears streaming down her face and said, you're never going to believe this, but I'm pregnant. And we say we're pro-life. Many of us, we proclaim it from the rooftops but very few of us have ever had the experience of being in my little sister's shoes in that moment. And I'll never forget the fear in her eyes as I collapsed on the ground with her. And just remember saying over and over again in my own mind, I wish this would just go away. I wish this would just go away. 
And what you don't realize you're saying is, I wish my now 28-year-old nephew, who's a youth pastor in Lakewood, Colorado, is married with a one-year-old, would just go away. It's this idea of just erasing future generations. And you don't realize that in those moments. And I remember crying and praying with her on the floor. And in those moments, as young girls who were raised in the church and who were raised with pro-life values, in those moments, what we believe about the God that we serve dictates how we're going to behave. Mm -hmm. And where do a lot of young Christian women go when they're in an unplanned pregnancy situation? Unfortunately, a lot of them end up at Planned Parenthood because they don't want to look like a hypocrite to everybody that they just proclaimed Christ to, or they don't want to bring shame on their family. And, and so fear drives us to make decisions that will affect the rest of our lives. And praise God, my little sister chose life for my nephew. And as I mentioned, he's 28, a youth pastor in Lakewood, Colorado, and is very pro-life as you can imagine. And it was the work actually of Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Colorado that really walked our entire family through that crisis. And in the modern day pregnancy center movement, we don't like the word or the term crisis. And I understand why, but I will say for our family, it was an absolute crisis on every level. My parents were well-known in our church, well-known in our community, and we were in a family crisis. And by the grace of God, Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Denver, Colorado, walked my little sister and my entire family through not only the pregnancy test and the ultrasound that we got to experience, but was really there for my sister for up to nine months until she decided whether or not she was going to keep my nephew. She was going to, um, she was looking at adopting my nephew out and they walked her through that whole process and giving her the resources, the medical care, the, the diapers and all of the formula that she needed to make that choice. And at nine months, she decided she was going to keep my nephew and raise my nephew. And when my husband and I moved from Colorado to Sacramento, we heard that there was an alternative pregnancy center here. And it was simply a happen chance. So the organizations are not connected. We just happen to have the same name. And so when we got here and my husband and I watched the amazing ministry that Alternatives in Denver had on our personal family, we immediately wanted to get involved. The woman that was there at my little sister's ultrasound was also there at my nephew's 18th graduation from high school. So that just shows you just the beautiful connection that is made, not just in that initial ultrasound when a woman is choosing life, for the first time and seeing her baby, but can happen even up to years afterwards. The valuable relationships that are formed in these situations are really something special. Now that doesn't happen in all cases, but in our family's situation, it was very much just a lifelong friendship relationship. And there's a really funny story to that that I never get to tell, but I'm gonna tell it on this because as the director, it's fun. So once I accepted the position at Alternatives, I knew no one and there's a whole backstory. Didn't know what the heck I was doing, was very insecure about God calling me into this ministry. And I was at a CareNet conference thinking, okay, I'm going to 
learn what it means and looks like to be a director. So the very first week as the director here at Alternatives, I decided I was going to go to a CareNet conference. And we were standing in line, my husband and I, at a Starbucks. And my husband looks at me and says, knowing that I'm an introvert, looks at me and says, I think you need to introduce yourself to the person standing behind you. And I was like, shut up. I don't know anybody here. And then all of a sudden I turn around and it is Marcy McGovern, who is the executive director at the time of Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Colorado. Now, Marcy and I had never met because when my, like, my little sister was pregnant going through all of those years, my husband and I had moved to Sacramento. And so she didn't know who I was. And of course I have a different last name. So when I introduced myself and I literally hugged her, she was looked at me like, do I know you? <laughs> and I just said, I said, Marcy, my name is Heidi Matsky. I'm the executive director of Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Sacramento. And we had made that connection. And so we just hugged and, oh, that's wonderful. And I said, but Marcy, that's not how you know me. My little sister is Jesse Burge. And then all of a sudden we both just stood there and just started crying because we'd heard so much about each other, but we'd never actually physically met. And she had no idea that because of the influence that she had on my sister's life and because of what alternatives had done in my family that I am now the executive director. So we had this just really sweet moment of just sharing the influence that she had without even realizing it on my life. So anyways, all that said, when my husband and I moved to Sacramento, right after my little sister was in that unplanned pregnancy situation, we heard that there was an alternative pregnancy center here. So we immediately wanted to get involved. And so it was Walk for Life, Sting Galas, and then my husband was asked to be on the board at Alternatives. And so he stepped into that role. We came to Sacramento for a youth pastor position for him. So we both graduated from high school or college, and he was asked to be a youth pastor at a local church here in Sacramento and did that for 18 years and is now the senior pastor at Sun River Church in Rancho Cordova. But back then was asked to be on the board. And, and so he did that for several years, alternatives as an organization went through all kinds of internal changes. They were looking for a new executive director and he came home from a meeting one, one night, a, a board meeting and walked in the door and he said, honey, I, I resigned from the Alternatives Pregnancy Center board tonight and they're gonna do a national search for the next executive director and I put your name in. And as I say all the time, I think I cussed at him in that moment <laughs> because that was not on my radar at all. I am definitely pro-life. I am all about protecting life. That will never change. But being the director of the most politically and emotionally charged nonprofit in America today, along with being a pastor's wife and raising my own children in the fear of the Lord, and then at the time having a foster a homeless kid off the street in my home it was like that there was no way that like how would that even fit into my life and yet beyond a shadow of a doubt i just felt the lord pursuing me and placing this calling over my life and it was undeniable i heard it in every sermon i listened to i heard it in the worship music i listened to it just i couldn't 
run away from it. It was chasing me. And it, that was a very scary time in my life for sure. And I remember thinking, okay, I'll interview for the position, but there's no way they're gonna hire me because I've never been an executive director of a, a medical clinic before. And I remember thinking, I don't even know the date that Roe v. Wade was passed. Certainly those are all qualifications for this position. <laughs> and, and I remember sitting in the interview and every question that they asked me, I had an answer for, shockingly. <laughs> and it was just God's way of saying, Heidi, you don't think you're prepared for this, but whether you understand it or not, I have prepared you all along the way for this. And at the end of that, they offered me the position at the end of that interview. And I remember going home and no joke, crying myself to sleep that night out of fear of what taking this position would mean not just for me personally, but for my family as well. And my kids were in elementary school at the time. I remember thinking, Lord, if you really want me to do this, ask me in five years when they're graduated from high school, because I'm never gonna get this time back with them. Mm -hmm. Why in this season of my life, Lord, are you asking this of me? And, and that night I remember thinking, how is it that you're asking me to sacrifice this very special time with my kids and sacrifice my kids and my family on the altar in order to go rescue other people's kids. Lord, are you really asking me to do that? And I just felt him say, yes, that's what I'm asking you to do. And it was the first time in my life with and my walk with the Lord where I really understood what it meant when God's word says we are to deny ourselves we are to take up our cross and we are to follow him wherever he leads us. Those of us sometimes will often say, if we're pursuing a relationship with Jesus, Lord, here am I, send me. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And then God says, I want you to go here and I want you to do that. And then all of a sudden we're like, yeah, anywhere but there. <laughs> and that was really my experience. I don't want to say I came kicking and screaming, but I came just absolutely humbled and the realization that I have no idea what I'm doing. And when I got up the next morning, my devotions just happened to be on Abraham putting Isaac on the altar. Mm -hmm. And in my devotions, it specifically said, anything that you place on the altar unto God for his glory and not your own will never go unblessed or unprotected. Mm -hmm. And that was God's way of saying to me, you know what, Heidi, you're right. You have no idea what you're doing, but you be faithful to your part. And when I make this ministry successful again, you will get no credit for it other than the fact that you walked in obedience to what I asked you to do. And, and God was there to protect my kids in the midst of it all. And eight years looking back, it's really fun to be eight years on this side of it <laughs> because I have seen countless ways on how God has stepped in and provided and not only for our ministry as a whole over the last eight years, but also in the lives of both my kids, which is really special. Our God is faithful when we trust him and walk in obedience to what he asks us to do, even the hard things in life, he will always be faithful to us. And so it's incredible to see the hand of God in not only my personal life, but also in my ministry here at Alternatives. God has been so faithful. 
that's it's an incredible story you have Heidi and I love that you touched on like for my job I do a lot of work with people in the pro-life movement and I think my job is in the pro-life movement and people because it's a controversial topic a lot of people are like oh you chose to get into this or you were wanting to get into this and so many people I talk to that are in this movement it's no it's the last thing I wanted God so called me to this and so I love being able to hear that from you that God called you and you listened but that doesn't mean it was necessarily something you were seeking out or desiring to do and but I think that's also like you said, God provided and has provided safety. And I think it's also, if you follow God's calling and listen to him, like he will provide that safety for you. Instead of, if you ignore him, we will lose out mm-hmm. on necessarily those things. And he might try to push things harder to get us to the direction that he wants us. So I absolutely love hearing your story. Back to your sister though. I love that you touched on the fact that it was a Christian household and you grew up knowing what pro-life was and being pro-life but until you're in that situation you don't understand the depth of everything that's going on and so I know today I believe the statistics you might know better but I think it's 50% of churchgoers have had an abortion and I think there is a lot of that of you don't want people to know that you got pregnant out of marriage and things like that but I think we're seeing a movement in the church becoming more welcoming and opening and understanding of this is a life and we're here to protect it and so have you experienced that from churches or what is your experience with that of churches getting involved in pregnancy centers or churches supporting what the work pregnancy centers do (laughs) honestly in full transparency one of the reasons why i said yes to this ministry was because prior to being the director i for 15 years ran a health insurance business out of uh, principal financial group in Roseville. And I had networked and relationships with a lot of the local pastors and staff because mm-hmm. I used to do their health insurance benefits. So for 15 years, I had built these beautiful networks and known pastors in the area. And when God asked me to step into this role as the executive mm-hmm. director, One of the reasons why I said yes was because I was like, okay, Lord, I can see how you have allowed the last 15 years in networking and relationship building with pastors and staff to be an easy connection as it relates to the new ministry that you're calling me to, because all these people know me. I've worked with them for 15 years. And how cool is it that I have all of these connections with local pastors and local churches? But unfortunately and sadly, the moment I said yes to this position and started to reach out to those connections that I had, it was almost like all of a sudden no one knew who you were. Mm -hmm. And I was incredibly naive to thinking that my relationships in the health insurance world would immediately translate into the pro-life pregnancy center support role. And that was devastating for me because as a pastor's wife, I thought, of course, churches are going to step up and support me and support pregnancy centers. That's just what you do, right? And unfortunately, I learned really quickly that in the church world, that pastors see this as a political issue instead of a gospel issue. And it's tragic because when a pastor refuses to 
talk about the most politically and emotionally charged issue in America today and avoids that as a shepherd of their congregation, then their sheep are left to the voice of the culture and the voice of the culture always leads to death. And, and yet I will say that I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you know what, I'm your provider and I'm going to walk before you and provide the resources that you need. So your job is to be faithful to what I've asked you to do. Your job is to educate anyone and everyone who listens. As a pastor's wife, part of the reason why I believe God placed this calling over my life is because I do understand the inner workings of churches and understand how church boards work and that sort of thing. And so it gives me a little bit different perspective to come in and, and speak to congregations. But I will say, unfortunately, a lot of churches avoid this subject, talking about this subject. What I've learned over the last eight years is multiple reasons. I think number one, what I've learned is that a lot of pastors are post-abortive and have never gone through healing themselves. So prior to being a pastor, they lived a certain way and maybe they helped encourage an abortion with a former girlfriend. And that's still a wound that for whatever reason has never been healed and they've not walked down that road. And number two, I think a lot, there are some pastors who have recommended abortions and I would say are pro-choice. We had a young woman who came to us who was coming to us for post-abortive counseling. And she was devastated because she said, I went to my pastor before I had an abortion and I asked, are there places like Alternatives Pregnancy Center that will help me make a life choice and be there for me resource wise? And he said that, she said that her pastor had no idea who we were and knew nothing about us. And as she was sitting with our team, she just was sobbing uncontrollably. And she said, how is it the pastors don't know about you? How, every pastor needs to know about you. Every pastor needs to know, every youth pastor needs to know what you do. And whether not meaning to or directly encouraging an abortion decision, there are those that are just pro-choice. And then three, I think that the majority of pastors struggle to talk about the issue because they're either white male men who don't feel like that they fully can communicate effectively because of the discouragement from culture. And they struggle to know exactly what God's word says about it and put verses behind it and understand it on a different level. And then to communicate it effectively to their congregation in a way that speaks both truth with grace and love. And to be honest, being someone who's been in ministry for now 40 some years, churches haven't always done that well. They haven't always communicated the pro-life world well and with integrity and with honor. And part of the reason why I believe that God has allowed me to be in this position with the past that he's given me is that hopefully I bring a level of integrity and a level of grace, love, and truth in it, approaching both the those who have experienced abortion and the grace and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ as a result of that, and then helping those who are on the front end who potentially are in that situation trying to decide whether or not they want to keep their baby. Yeah, and I think, again, that goes back to everything you had to say. It goes back to the stat that I threw out there, that 
50% of churchgoers have had an abortion or have influenced an abortion or their girlfriend or wife had an abortion. And it's because the lack of it being talked about in churches. And like you mentioned, this isn't a political issue. This is a gospel issue. And something I did want to touch on with you is I want to dive into everything that your center does because I think there's a lot of confusion right now and misinformation being spread about pregnancy centers. But before we dive all into that, I do want to touch on the fact that you said there are pastors that have influenced abortions or and they haven't been able to deal with it. And that is something I think Think there's a lot of girls out there that have had an abortion have come to regret their abortion and now don't know what to do and so can you talk a little bit about post-abortive services and recovering and if there is healing for that is there a way to get past that how does that work yeah so alternatives pregnancy center offers post-abortive healing classes it's an eight-week session and we go through a bible study called forgiven and set free so whether you're a believer in jesus christ or not it's a Bible study for everyone. And what's crazy is we just held our last eight week session here. There were eight women that were involved in it. And one woman had experienced an abortion 62 years ago and was going through healing. And another one had an abortion six months ago. So, you know, whether you had an abortion 62 years ago or you had an abortion last week, there is healing available to you. and. As I mentioned, it's such a privilege to to walk alongside women in both sides, whether they're just in the middle of trying to figure out in this unplanned pregnancy situation, can I choose life and will I have the support that I need? Or 62 years later, a woman who had an abortion for whatever reason in her past and God still offers her healing and forgiveness in the midst of that. And I love our clinic in particular as well, because not only the woman that teaches our post-abortive healing is an MFT, so a marriage licensed family therapist, but our clinic is filled with our doctor used to be an abortionist. Our other doctor had several abortions. Most of the nurses that serve at our clinic have experienced abortion for themselves. A lot of our staff has had abortion. So you're coming, women are coming into a clinic and into an environment where people fully understand where you're at and what you're going through. And it is through the forgiveness that they've experienced that they get to serve out of love, women who are in the middle of that situation or have experienced abortion in their past. That has created an incredible environment here at Alternatives and with incredible staff who, no matter what decision you, you make, you're gonna walk out feeling loved and accepted and supported. And that's an incredible environment to have. I think so many people believe that, oh, pro-lifers, if you've had an abortion, that we hate you and we think you're an awful person. And that's so far from the truth. It's We understand you've now been through something that you need healing for and you need to walk through and you can be forgiven by God. And so I think it's powerful that not only do you guys provide that service, but like you said, you have so many people on your staff that either like your doctor used to provide abortions or nurses and people that have been through that. And so for girls to walk in and firsthand be surrounded by people that have walked through the healing of this on their own is a powerful environment for these girls. 
But now just to your center again, uh, there's always been lies and misinformation about pregnancy centers over the years. And now mm-hmm. just with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we've just seen an immense increase of the pregnancy centers either being attacked or lies and misinformation being spread. And so I just want to give you the opportunity to let everyone know what your center actually does and the services you provide. Yeah. So first off, what I want to say right out of the gate is that women are more than just a choice that they make. This whole Mm -hmm. podcast is about women. And and no matter what situation we're in, it does not dwindle us down. Our value and our worth does not center on one single choice that we make, Mm -hmm. a life choice or an abortion. And women are so much more than that. And Mm -hmm. that is, again, the privilege as the director of Alternatives Pregnancy Center we want women to know that the, our clinic in particular is pro-gospel, pro-woman, pro-life. In that order, I feel like that is a, an order ordained by God that is really important and valuable for me. I want women to know that as they walk out the door making one of the most difficult decisions of their life, that if their family abandons them, if their friends abandon them, if their significant other abandons them, that they have a creator who not only created them, but created the life that's in their womb. He is their redeemer. He is their protector. He is their provider. And he will be there for you when no one else can. And to me, if as a medical clinic, if women are offered that kind of hope when they walk out the door, we haven't done a whole lot. So that is of most value to me. And number two, before I get into our services, being pro-woman, again, is so important to us that if a woman doesn't understand her worth and her value, that's never going to translate to the life that's in her womb. And for her to be cared for, her to be spoken truth over, for her to be educated on all that's going on in her life, and then to be listened to and loved on and protected in the midst of her situation when maybe no one else does, or at recently we had a woman that came to us who was trying to detransition and had been abandoned by her culture and been abandoned by her doctors and to be pro-woman and to step into those situations and value her as a woman created by god and help her with the medical services that she needs to understand her womanhood her body that god gave her at birth is an incredible privilege and then of course pro-life we're always about protecting the life in the womb so for us it's pro-gospel pro-woman pro-life in that order for a very specific reason but yeah alternatives pregnancy center has been serving the sacramento area for 42 years and about five years ago god gave me this vision of what does it look like to really step out of that normal pregnancy center model, which is pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and resources available and embrace a full OB practice model. And so offering really all the services that Planned Parenthood offers minus abortion for free and with the gospel attached and proving really the heart of God. And in a matter of six weeks, God made that vision a reality, providing us all the medical personnel that we needed Mm -hmm. to add all of those services. There's a long story behind that. And then also a half a million dollars. And so we were able to step into becoming a full OB clinic. And we offer prenatal care, well woman visits, vaginal exams, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, STD testing, 
yeah, the full gamut and really just, again, proving the heart of God that such a blessing to be there for women, no matter what they're walking through, to be a support to them. Our mission will never change from caring for that abortion vulnerable woman in the middle of that unplanned pregnancy situation. But we have the privilege of being involved in women's lives, whether it's through education, medical support, resources, or even after their abortion experience. So we're a full OB clinic and are so thankful that God has allowed us to do that. We have a mobile clinic that serves the community in multiple locations. And we just built out a new 7,000 square foot medical clinic here in Sacramento. And we're in the process right now of building a second clinic in Galt, which is gonna be really incredible as well. God just brought us a new opportunity down there and it'll service a very needed community in that area also. God has allowed us to dream big and we're stepping into that. That's amazing. And just to touch on, a lot of people say these pregnancy centers, if you go into it, they're, they force you to give birth. They force you to keep a baby. Can you? <laughs> and we know that's not the case. So can you walk through maybe what that looks like for a girl who still chooses to leave and doesn't come back to see you or what that all looks like? Yeah, so going back to from the moment she walks in the door, it's really important for me as the medical director here that every person that encounters her is a licensed medical professional. So when a woman walks in, she is greeted by either a medical assistant or a phlebotomist who does her intake. Her intake form tells us everything that we need to know about her. She is informed from the moment she walks in to the moment she makes her appointment to the signage that's on our door that this facility does not provide or refer for abortion. So she is here strictly for the medical services that we have and really for education. And so once she, a medical, either a doctor or a nurse pulls her back, initially for us, it's what's going on in your life. What are your circumstances? And getting to know her personally as a woman who has very unique situation. Every woman, every situation is completely different. And what may bring fear to one woman may not to another. And so the importance of sitting and listening and hearing from her heart is vitally important in all of their lives. And then allowing our free medical services and the care that they get at our clinic to to help them make whatever decision is best for them. There is no pressure from our medical team to make one decision or another. Obviously, we would love for every woman to walk out and make a life choice. But we also recognize that many women are feeling forced to have an abortion for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And no one in our culture wants to talk about the woman who doesn't want an abortion and is Mm -hmm. being forced to have an abortion. And so as she walks out the door, oftentimes she tells our team, she's very upfront with them. Many times I have to make this decision. And sometimes she'll even schedule right then and there for post-abortive healing classes, mm-hmm. knowing that she's going to need the support after the fact. So the fact that she walks out the door and is willing to register to go through healing mm-hmm. tells you that she feels loved and valued no matter what decision she makes. And, and like I said, like one of the women that walked out was just a part of this last abortion healing class. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the words, I say this all the time, the words you are pregnant are the most powerful words a woman will hear in her entire life, other than will you marry me? Those words have eternal consequences associated with them. And so we have the privilege of being there in that moment of a woman's life. And it is a privilege. And to just love on her as a daughter of our creator is a blessing. And then to offer her the medical services that she needs is also an incredible blessing. And I know we as Pregnancy Center directors have had a lot of conversations recently, especially with you guys about the issue with what the opposition thinks about us. And what's so hard about this is we really are both of us, whether you're pro-choice and you're an abortion facility or you're a pregnancy center, we are all marketing towards the same woman. We are, and there is no way around that. We are all marketing towards the abortion vulnerable woman. And every abortion vulnerable woman deserves to know that there are alternatives to Planned Parenthood. They deserve to know that there is a safe place that they can go in an unplanned pregnancy situation where they can get the care that they need and make whatever decision is best for them. If our voice is silenced from that abortion vulnerable woman's marketplace, then women will never know that there are free alternatives out there. And that's what we're fighting for every day is the right for women to understand that you do have options, especially here in California. The hatreds towards us must just mean we're doing an incredible job. Yes, yeah, I mean, God says if the world hates you, they hated him first. That's how you know you're on the right path. And with that being said, there's women of all ages listening to this podcast, some that are in high school, some that maybe are post-abortive and they're older and they haven't dealt with it, but what piece of advice could you give to the girls that do get that positive pregnancy test that they weren't expecting or hoping for, or even a piece of advice that you can give to women that are helping that girl in that situation? I would say find a safe place to communicate all of your fears and all of your struggles and what is what is going on in your heart and your mind right now and if you're someone who is with someone who just found out that they're in an unplanned pregnancy situation allow them to just speak i remember when i sat on the floor with my little sister when she found out she was in an unplanned pregnancy situation we knew abortion was not the right decision but fear does things to our heart and our mind and in order to process the fear we need to talk about and put words to what's going on in our heart so what are you afraid of what are those things in your heart and your mind is it telling your parents and then why are you afraid of that what do you think they're gonna say is it sharing with your friends is it your church congregation or maybe your workplace or your financial situation allowing women the space and the ability to just talk and and then making sure that you know where your local pregnancy center is Mm -hmm. and the resources that they do provide and giving them that kind of information so it all it comes back down to loving them no matter what and listening to them and then providing them the resources that they need to make the decision for them and being willing to go with them and be a part of the journey. I know when my 
not just my sister, but when my close friends, when gosh, 20 years ago, when we were having our kids together, she, after 10 years of knowing her, just went MIA and walked down a really rough road. And then when I was reconnected with her through an instant message that I got from her, she was homeless. She was living out of her car. She had lost custody of her kids, got a divorce, was strung out on drugs and found out she was pregnant. And she knew who I was and knew what I did. And she had reached out to me, but was totally ashamed of herself. And when I told her, I was like, Ariane, you just, you need to just come see me. I want to see your face. I want to talk to you face to face. And finally, when she did and just had been contemplating abortion, had gone to Planned Parenthood and sat in front of her and just sat and cried and hugged together. And she's like, Heidi, I have no support. And I'm like, girl, you have me. And uh, not only were we able to get her because she was, she had drugs in her system and had to get into transitional housing and had to go through drug rehab. And the uphill battle for her seemed insurmountable. And I told her, girl, I will not only be here every step of the way, but I will be here to make sure that your daughter is cared for every step of the way. And now, gosh, Eliana is three years old now. Now, three years later, like she has not only by God's grace climbed an insurmountable mountain, but her and I have just incredible relationship. And she's like my daughter, my goddaughter. (laughs) So I I babysat her since she was a little girl. I've walked through the process with her and it's just such a blessing to not just be a director who does this every day, but guess what? I practice it every day in my personal life as well. Yeah, and I think that's really what it truly means to be pro-woman, is to Mm -hmm. walk alongside each other when we need that support. And when a woman finds herself in an unplanned pregnancy, it's how can we provide her with as much support as possible where she doesn't even have to think twice about the decision she's Mm -hmm. going to be making. Making And I think mm-hmm. as women right now in culture, that's a little bit tossed up. They think it's being pro-women to allow them to have the choice to end the life of their innocent baby. But instead, we need to be partnering with each other and partnering alongside each other. And that's what I love so much about Alternatives Pregnancy Center is you guys truly do that day in and day out. And with that being said, a lot of people might not know about this but pregnancy centers do these girls have to pay when they come in or how do they get these services from you all yeah so alternatives gave away two million dollars worth of free medical care that did not come from government funding all of our money comes from individual donors businesses and churches who support the ministry every single day and yeah there's not a dollar charged we don't make any money a lot of people have said you need to take medical or you should be taking insurance money at least and or even several years ago there was grant money available to pregnancy centers through the previous administration through title Mm -hmm. 20 or title 10 and you need to take that money it was planned parenthood's money you should be taking it and it's like heck no Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if he Mm. wants to provide financially and continue to grow our ministries, he does not need the federal government to make it happen. His people alone will rise up and will fund and support what we do on a daily basis. And I will say it's overwhelming as a director to, to wake up every day and at the end of every year to go, okay, I did it last year and now I got to 
do it all over again. And especially with the economic times that we're facing, they say third quarter is going to be a rough quarter for all of us. And coming off the heels of COVID and the economic downturn that has happened as a result of it. And yet, you know what, God time and time and time again has provided financially for our ministry and he will continue to do so and we will grow in the face of opposition regardless and if there's people listening to the podcast that feel hey we want to somehow support alternatives and donate to them is there a way they can do that through your website or what's the best way for people to go about that yeah definitely there is so you can go to alternatives with an s p c for pregnancy center.org or pgtest.org. So alternatives with an SPC.org or pgtest.org is our website. And you can, we would love to have not only your personal support, your birth support, but also your financial support. So we can't do what we do with without you. And honestly, the only thing slowing our ministry down is the financial resources to make it happen. (laughs) God continues to grow us regardless. And for all of you that are listening, I know there's so many of you listening that on your heart, you're pro-life and want to get more involved, but you can't with your nine to five schedule, or you can't always make time for this stuff, unfortunately. And that's where it is. Don't only be praying, but providing financially to organizations like Alternatives. And I'll put your guys' website and all that in the caption so people can check it out and pray about it and see if God's calling you to support. Because again, the Alternatives Pregnancy Center, they're saving so many lives but again like Heidi said it's not just the lives of the baby they're pro-gospel pro-woman pro-life and so it's putting the woman first as well and saving her life ultimately through it because we hear working in the pro-life movement we hear the side effects and the negative effects that abortion does to women that people don't talk Mm -hmm. about so this having helping and giving the ability for a woman to choose life is also choosing the best for her life and so i love Mm -hmm. everything that you guys do and i'm so grateful for alternatives and alternatives Mm -hmm. pregnancy center and heidi is really such a powerhouse across the state of california and defending all pregnancy centers heidi's just done an amazing job at all that but i just wanted to thank you for sharing your story and I do have a fun little question. I asked this for everyone that's on. Are you like a coffee drinker at all? I am. You are? Okay. What's your go-to coffee order? I like to end on a little light note. (laughs) I am so boring. I am a black coffee drinker. (laughs) So, okay. Fun. A little fact about that is I had on one of our earlier podcasts, Erin Getz, who works for the March for Life, and her thing was the same thing, just straight, like, black coffee, like, Americano. And when I told her, I said, yeah, to work in the pro-life movement and keep energy going, you have to be a black coffee drinker. So (laughs) you're now just proving what I said to be true. (laughs) It's so true. I'm super boring that way. It's just, And then in the morning, I will say, it's a double shot of espresso with some hot water in it. Yeah. (laughs) There yeah. you go. And I do that twice before I leave work. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's, I mean, I got my whole cup of coffee here. I, same thing, yeah. coffee so all yours? day long. 
Mine is, I love chai. So I like dirty chais with a shot of espresso, but I know those are like sugary and not the best. So I honestly love black coffee and I just put some cinnamon on it. But if I want to enjoy a coffee more, I'll get a chai. Yeah. I do love chai. I'm with yes. you on that. Yeah, they I are don't yummy. allow myself that very often, but yeah, yeah I do love that. Yes. Thank you, Sophia. Yes. I so appreciate yeah. you taking the time to just get to know me a little bit more and allowing your listening audience to understand us. And those of you that may be listening to this that aren't in California, pray for us. God is shining light in the middle of darkness through a lot of our ministries. So God bless. Appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, Heidi.